Greetings, folks. Before I get started today, I just want to invite you all to head over to patreon.com slash farbandmetal because I have launched a Patreon page because, of course, I have. There are a few tiers that you can subscribe at if you're able to and want to support the show. The main feed, which you're listening to currently, is going to remain free. The whole point of this show is to talk with metal artists, showcase them, promote their latest project and all that good shit. And I think putting that behind a paywall would defeat the whole purpose. I just want to do some extra stuff and just have the Patreon there to offset the cost of the show. So again, patreon.com slash farbeyondmetal, or you can go to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com, poke the Patreon link and find it there. All right, now onto the show. Folks, and welcome to episode 97 of the Far Beyond Metal Podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, JT and Jesse from Era discuss their first band, and I recommend Epoch of Chirality. Before all that, I welcome Howard Jones back to the show. Howard is a legendary vocalist who fronts Light the Torch and was the vocalist of Kill Switch Engage. On June 25th, Howard and Light the Torch will release their second album under the Light the Torch banner, You Will Be the Death of Me, via Nuclear Blast Records. In this episode, we discuss the new record, Howard's Love of Camping and Fishing, Striper, covering the artist formerly known as Terrence Trent Darby, and more. So before we dive in with Howard Jones, here's some of Wilting in the Light from You Will Be the Death of Me by Light the Torch. So, Howard, uh, I don't know if I doubt you'll remember me, but we spoke maybe three years ago in an alley uh, in Berkeley while you were on tour with Avatar and Trivium. Um, How have you been the last few years? Let's catch up. (laughs) No offense. Sure don't. (laughs) Totally fine. I mean, there's a million of us. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, doing okay. Fantastic. How's this last year and some change been for you? Yeah. Um, I just tried to stay busy and that, that helped me. Yeah. And also I'm just kind of introverted. So, uh, you know, that this to me was, um, an interesting time, rough at times, but interesting. As an introvert, you kind of, um, it was, uh, I can imagine, because I'm sort of the same way, despite, you know, having a podcast where I talk to people. Um, I, I felt like not having the option to go out was the biggest struggle I had, because, you know, when you had to hunker down and just not see people, and it's your choice, it's great, but, because you love canceling plans when there are plans to be had, but this that has been the hardest part for me. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, that that wasn't much of an issue for me. <laughs> 
And how have you been keeping busy? I know you've got, there's an album coming out. You've been working on another thing with, uh, with Jared, but, um, other than music stuff, what have you been doing? That's pretty much what I do. (laughs) Other than I make sure I, uh, I get outside. That's a, but that's kind of an everyday thing. So for me, um, consistency in, in that routine was good for me. So I'm outside a lot. I'm, you know, it's by myself and then in the studio. And so it, it just worked. And I know you've been working on the, uh, the new Scion record. Did you, I forget, did you meet Jared on that aforementioned Trivium tour? Is that how you guys first hooked up? Exactly. Yeah. Um, he was filling in for, for Matt on guitar, you know, when, uh, Matt and his wife were about to have uh, their kids. And uh, that's pretty much how I met him. I, you know, I heard his name, but I really hadn't seen any of the videos or anything like that. And literally, I just, he just seemed to be a nice guy. And we kind of hit it off. And I said, hey, we should uh, keep in touch and do something in the future. Like, cool. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, definitely, uh, I'll definitely keep in touch. So occasionally reach out say hey talk a little bit and then when this all happened just took advantage of the time yeah that first song is really cool like can i have some more please um the first song yeah it it was really um not the one i would expect to be the first one uh actually but then again i hadn't really thought about it uh i i'm I'm happy uh, the response has been good. Then I, like a lot of people, was supposed to be uh, at the the Kill Switch, August Burn Red, and Light the Torch show. Uh, how were those first few dates for you and being back on the road with you know Adam and the rest, albeit probably in a different bus? Oh, yeah. It was uh, uh, cut short, but you know, the, those couple days were – it was just a lot of fun. You know, um, you know, I still keep in touch with those guys, so it's – you know, you're on tour with friends. So that's, that's just all it's fun. And then rumor on the street is that it's supposed to pick back up early next year. Uh, in that, in the meantime, are you going to do any like light the torch, um, like live streams or anything? I know there's probably a few dates out there. Uh, everything's getting mapped out now, you know, so hopefully we'll have some announcements soon. If, uh, you know, if things are really going to be picking up, you know, we'll, hopefully have something uh, we'll hopefully have something good to announce. And, and speaking of mapping out, I read in a recent interview with revolver that you guys would build camping days into your tour schedule. Uh, what spots are, do you particularly enjoy? Like, are you hitting Yosemite and stuff or you go off the beaten path with your camping trips? Yeah, it's pretty much wherever we are, whatever is available. You know, if it's, you know, if it's just a place we can, uh, you know, we can get the vehicle and just sit out and barbecue, or if we can get into an actual state park, or it just depends on where we are. You know, there's really no rhyme or reason. It's just, uh, hey, what looks good? It's like, hey, we're going to be in this general 50 to 75 mile radius. Let's see what's around. So that's kind of how we, that's kind of how we do it. So when there's a day off, that's generally what we're doing. And is that what, how you've been? Uh keeping busy with your outside time. I know you're an avid fisher and stuff. Well, I mean, that's just something fun to do on tour. But for me, when I'm, I haven't got to fish in a while, but I'm, 
yeah, I'm always out in the woods or something. That's just, for me, that's something I do every day. It's just because I'll get real obsessed with music. And I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and, and like, okay, I need to separate some of this. So, so I make sure I get out and just kind of get my head clear. Yeah. And then I can come in and do this thing that I seem to do practically every day. Yeah. But it's like, if I do it 24 seven, then I burn out. So I try to keep the music obsession somewhat balanced. And when did you realize that like nature was your thing? Cause you know, people will be dirt bikes or they'll go skating or they'll do this or that. But like, uh, nature seems kind of like the polar opposite of what you do for a living. Yeah. That's why I like it. Cool. It's the polar opposite. I mean, um, this was a noisy job market. <laughs> yeah. So I just like to go where there isn't noise for a while because I do love what I do, but it's just for me, not healthy to inundate myself in it 24 seven. I've done that at times and it's just not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. So when did I discover it? I don't know. I mean, I liked fishing for a long time, but the more I started going out and staying out and it, I don't know, it just seemed to figure itself out. I don't know, maybe 2016, 2017, it's, it started dawning on me. For me, when I grew up, my parents liked to go fishing a lot and I was an only child and I don't, they didn't like leave me with anybody. So they take me with them and it always kind of felt like a punishment for me as like a, a shitty little kid. Um, were you like super into fishing early on? Like, or did it something you grew to love? Cause like, I feel like now I could probably do it and have a good time, but the opportunity has not ar arisen. No, I, um, I definitely fished some when I was younger and I liked it, but you know, not as much as I have over the past 10 years. But, um, yeah, I've always liked the quiet. That's, especially for something, for what I do, that's something I go for, quiet. I enjoy the quiet. And so, uh, you know, when I can get it, I get it. Jones's new band with Jared Dyan Scion that was some of The Blade. Look for more of that soon. Now I'll have more with Howard Jones shortly, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere in this episode. JT and Jesse from Era discuss their heavy origins. I want to hear Jesse's answer first, because sometimes I like... I feel like I know, but I'm actually not sure. Like first, first, first. Very first band. The first time that you thought you were in a band, and you felt like hot shit. Uh, the first band sounded like, like, Asley Dying and the Devil Wears Prada and stuff. Just like, 
that old chestnut. What was it called? Yeah. Oh, it was called uh, Take This and Aim. And uh, Alex Ballou, who was the drummer in Era, was also in that band. Me and Alex have been, it's like just been me and Alex as far as the drummer guitar player writing combo for years. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that was, that was 2007. So yeah, for 14 years, Alex is the only drummer I've ever played music with. Oh, wow. wow. I didn't know that. Sweet. Yeah. There have been, there have been no, no infidelities between <laughs> then and now. Um, mine's kind of more interesting because I did YouTube covers for two years, um, fell into uh, a local band kind of on accident. <clears throat> and then I did like six, six or so shows with them. But even during that process, I knew I was joining um, Texas in July. So I think my seventh show ever was like my first day on Warp Tour with them. So it was a bit of a shock. Damn. And what was this other band called, or would you rather not? Above all, Above they're based all. out of like North North Baltimore. It is like a like a metal hardcore band. Um, mosh riffs, breakdowns, tough guy lyrics, stuff like that. Good stuff. Like I don't know if you are familiar with the band Legend, Chad Rulig from Fourth Fallen Dreams. That's like definitely a heavy influence of that. I am not, but uh, Legend, just Legend. I think they spell it without. I think it's L G N D now. Mm, one of those. But that 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 group is like him. Um, that's what Four Fallen Dreams, and um, I think he had another band too. And then D L from the Acacia String World. Legend was definitely sick. self-titled album is out now via unfd you can get your copy now at eraband.com and follow the band at facebook.com slash era dot music that's e-r-r-a dot music then you can hear our full chat back on episode 94 which you can find at far metalpodcast.com now before i wrap my chat with howard jones from light the torch here's a bit more from the new album you will be the death of me this is some of more than dreaming Uh, changing gears to the to the new album, the new Light the Torch. Um, a lot of these songs seem to hit really hard uh, lyrically, especially something like "Let Me Fall Apart" or you know "I Hate Myself." Um, first off, are, are you okay? And then, like, was this album like therapeutic for you to get all this stuff out there? <laughs> Am I okay? Sure. Cool. Then <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. Uh, eight minutes from the first time you asked. Yeah, nothing's changed. I'm okay. 
Yeah. Um, I meant like with, in terms of oh, like putting this stuff up. Okay. I'm just being silly and difficult. Um, yeah, it, it was just, you know, it, I mean, the albums for me are just kind of, at, for the most part, they're moments in time. And that was uh, not the greatest moment in time. And uh, I mean, I don't know how therapeutic it is. It is. I mean, sure, in a way, it is. You're expelling all this emotion and energy, but does it really go away? So I don't know how therapeutic it actually is. But um, I can say it's uh, it's an outlet of sorts. Um, and then musically, it, it seems like to be the most diverse album that you've ever been a part of to me is like a fan listening to it i realize that bands never purposely set out to sound the same but was there a, a push musically lyrically vocally to dabble more this time than ever before um i i'd like to think that's kind of what every band does <clears throat> you know but um at the same time you know just uh following francesco's lead is uh it's kind of an easy thing to do. And he's one of those guys where his his brain works different. I, I, I've met few people as gifted as that guy. And so, yeah, I, I think, he, uh, you know, he just wants to keep expanding what he's doing. And so, you know, I get the demos and I'm just like, wow, this is some really cool stuff. And the thing is, the album, that's just what, those are just the songs that worked. I mean, there's still a ton of songs that, you know, didn't work out or didn't get to, or just kind of got weeded out. Uh, he writes a lot. <clears throat> He's just a diverse guy. <clears throat> and how was it working with Alex on drums? Cause he's been on the show before. I've, I've had many people who've worked with him. Uh, he's, he's one of these characters that keeps popping up in the world of this podcast. That's awesome. And yeah, just good dude all around yeah and for me that's that's just like a such an important thing you know i you find a lot of guys with talent but just he's a good dude and yeah and he definitely has uh he's a beast you know he's <clears throat> he's got talent in spades he is a monster so it was absolutely just fantastic to get to work with him and to just sit there and watch him play these songs he definitely gives it a different life and is he like in the band or he's just on the album just on the album we don't hey who knows what the future holds i mean we're still not touring yet or right. anything so who knows uh there's a song that i want to touch on a little bit and that was um come back to the quicksand uh quicksand is something i've never experienced in real life but growing up i watched a lot of older shows and cartoons and it's not even something I really like see a lot in pop culture anymore. Like what <laughs> did you think quick quicksand would be a bigger threat than it was? And then like, why was that uh, something you decided to work into this song? <laughs> yeah, it, it did kind of come up a lot in the old Bugs Bunny cartoons, didn't it? <laughs> I have no idea why they, why that was such a fearful thing. You know, you, uh, in normal life, you don't come across the two of them. Don't know why that stuck out. It's just listening to the demo, and that just, that's what came to mind. 
I I don't I don't know how that stuff works half the time in my head. Okay. Uh, yeah, I it just that's what the song felt like to me, <laughs> and it and it also had this kind of um, the song didn't have as much drive to it. There's a there's a different feel, and for me that's the imagery worked with how the song felt. And then I know a good amount of like 80s pop music, but I had never heard the song Sign Your Name, despite knowing the name Terrence Trent Darby. How did you guys Ooh. land on that particular cover to do? Which was Ooh, very that, cool, by the way. That was, uh, that was, was that, I think that was his biggest hit. Right. But it's, <clears throat> I don't even know why it's a name I know, but it's just a name. Like I, after hearing that song, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole <laughs> and I was like, what's the song I know by this person? I couldn't find uh, it. Yeah. It, um, it, it was just a chance thing, you know. We we're listening to a playlist of music at uh, at Francesco's. He made dinner for his wife and I, and we we're hanging out and talking. The song plays, I'm like, man, I love this song. Are you familiar with it? So I say, sure, yeah, you know, big '80s song, and yeah, I listened to tons of '80s radio back then, and uh, and also, you never know what if like Fran has heard the same stuff because he grew up in Italy. Mm -hmm. And so like there are certain bands that just weren't big in Italy. Like, uh, so it's just interesting to see, but for some reason that song hit there and, and, uh, he was like, yeah, we should cover it. I was like, yeah, we could do that. A couple days later, he gave me the music. I was like, wow, you were serious, man. So uh, (laughs) that was it. And, we gave it a shot and uh yeah, it worked out was there a version of the song that had the shoe we do wops in it uh yeah i i couldn't figure out how to make that work for me oh you actually tried it i was kind of just being a smart <laughs> no, ass, no but... i didn't try it it's just in my head i couldn't make that work so it was like yeah i'm not gonna do that <laughs> Fair enough. I, I've heard very few uh, shoe do ops in heavy metal. Um, yeah, I, it, that just didn't feel like it would shoehorn in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should there be a video for the song? Will you get a, a very skinny suit for it? A very slimming, triangular suit like you had in the Wishing Well video? Wow. Yeah, he was a... Uh... He, he was a lean man. <laughs> the only person I've seen wear suits like that and pull it off just as well is probably Prince. Yeah, Prince or like Eddie Murphy from some of his stand-up. Oh, yeah, one of those leather suits. Purple yeah, purple exactly. or red suit. Purple or red suit. Delirious or Which one do you want? You got, I'm going with red. Yeah, I think it. my heart wants to say purple, so. <laughs> Purple's good. It was kind of audacious. I was like, man, that is... That was a bold move. I, I like how both those suits came up on the show Scrubs and were probably just completely <laughs> over people's heads. <laughs> yeah. It, like a lot of people don't remember, uh, uh, you know, just how cool weird leather jackets were then. In the 80s, uh, just bizarre looking leather jackets were all the rage. What was your craziest one you had? Oh, I don't know if I had any. They were just around. Okay. Oh, no, broke. <laughs> that. I don't know. Yeah, like, like those Michael Jackson jackets. Those things were, what? Just all those zippers and, uh, 
I got one for my dad that's like, uh, it's just, it's kind of a boring brown leather jacket, but the waist on it is really high and it's just has so many snaps and buckles on it. And I, I always put it on. I'm like, this is neat, but I don't, there's no way I could pull this off. Like it fits great, sort of, except for that's like a belly jacket. Such an ordeal just to put a coat on. <laughs> uh, something else that came up a lot around the album cycle for this album is your love of Striper. Um, I, I mainly know them as kind of a punchline, unfortunately, but I, I want to give them a shot since they just keep coming up around you in this album. How did you first get into Striper? Oh, just a friend of mine had introduced me back when I was a teenager and fell in love with it. Still my, uh, still my oldest friend and we still love Striper. And then just, you know, have to find out that. Richard Christie and Chris Jericho were big fans too. And so, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, we did a podcast and we went to go see them live. And, uh, and we've just had this five year, uh, group text where we talk about silly things and mostly striker. Mostly striker. So, uh, yeah, I've just been a fan for a long time. Uh, I, I just, they're super good guys and they're good at what they do. Very cool. All righty. Well, uh, thank you for being on my show again. Again, I don't take any uh, offense to not being remembered. There's, like I said, there's millions of us. I enjoy the new no, record I a lot, and I hope once you know things normalize, I can see you guys next spring, and you know, maybe sooner if everything goes swimmingly. But uh, you have a good rest of your day, man, and uh, thank you for everything. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You're good. You'll Be the Death of Me will be out on June 25th via Nuclear Blast Records. Follow them at facebook.com slash lightthetorchofficial, then pre-order the copy now at the link in the episode description. Now to conclude this episode, I am recommending the one-man sci-fi metal project, Apoch of Chirality. Apoch of Chirality is a hard band to say, but it is the work of the English multi-instrumentalist Richard Howe. On July 23rd, Apoch of Chirality released the album Nucleosynthesis. It is an epic album that combines progressive rock, synthwave, melodic death metal, and more. From Nucleosynthesis, here is some of the first track on the record. This is Dawn of Chirality in its entirety.
Nucleosynthesis by Epoch of Chirality will be released on July 23rd independently. You can pre-order a copy now at shop.epochofchirality and follow the project at facebook.com slash epochofchirality. Seriously though, this is one of the weirdest, coolest things I've heard in a long, long time. Y'all are not ready for Epoch of Chirality. And as always, I'd like to invite you to head over to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. There you can find old episodes, where to subscribe if your listening place of choice isn't sufficient. You can find the store link, Facebook, all that good shit, including my fancy new shiny Patreon. Again, that is farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. Then the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.